Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. This is not a negotiation. I'm running this team because the Reinsdorfs want me to, and I'm going to run it that I think is best. And your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. I think your play is embarrassing. The pro player thing, this is basketball. Follow Locked On Bulls on social media, on Twitter at Locked On Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Pat, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Locked On Chai Bulls. Our players buying in, Jim? I, yes. Fair enough. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, streaming live on Dash Radio every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central Time. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. I'm your host, Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line at 331-979-1369. Matt, welcome back. We got Bulls basketball tonight up against the Raptors. Expect a Raptors team pretty angry tonight looking for a win. But nonetheless, how you doing on this Tuesday? What's up, Jordan? What's up, Bulls Nation? Yeah, I... Uh... <clears throat> We talked a little bit yesterday about how thankful we are for the Atlanta Hawks and their ability to win some games down the stretch uh, to to kind of keep them at bay while the Bulls are clinging to the fourth spot in these draft lottery standings right now. And it would be it, it would take quite a turnaround at this point for the Bulls to somehow leap uh, the Hawks and wins. Um, and it would also take a miracle for the Bulls to leap the Cavs and losses. So I you know I'm you know one day at a time i'm getting closer to throwing in the towel on the 14 percenters club um fun while it lasted but i I, i'm pretty confident that the bulls are going to get another loss for themselves tonight they're going to toronto uh the the raps have lost the last two their last two games at home uh including in dramatic fashion did you see that amazing half-court buzzer beater jeremy lamb hit for the for the hornets the other night i mean yeah because they knew they were going to use that foul. This is probably the real play they want to run. Hornets got a pair. Lamb lost it. Has to fire. Oh, my God. What? Jeremy Lamb wins it. Unbelievable. What just happened? Toronto. Did it count? They're going to look at this for sure. Good golly, Miss Molly. He did it. This crowd is done. Jeremy Lamb, the shot of a lifetime. Trying to remember epic buzzer beaters at that length and distance. Uh, I, I mean, where he just chucked it up right before uh, time expired. Uh, the horn had sounded by the time it made its way to the hoop. Like It was awesome. Awesome buzzer beater. Uh, clearly, the, the Raptors on the losing end of that. So they're ticked off. And, um, you know, I, I think right now uh, th- there was actually just something I saw in my in my timeline checking out what the Raptors are looking like now. And it seems like everybody's focused on not so much trying to get that one seed in the East, which might be out of reach for them at this point, but uh, more so just 
really making making their strong playoff push because they were the one seed last year and then just you know completely choked when they went up against LeBron's Cavs. So they they're certainly motivated. They just got Kyle Lowry back from his absence with that ankle injury. Kawhi Leonard balling. Uh, you know he poured in twenty eight. Uh, in their loss on Sunday night. So with no Zach Levine and no Otto Porter, it's going to be a tough one for the Bulls. I mean, what I, what would you expect from tonight's game then if you're going up to Toronto? I would at least ask of uh, if I'm going to tune into this game tonight, if I'm a Bulls fan, I want to see Lowry Markinen have a pretty decent game tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, the Raptors being one of the better teams in the NBA – you just had mentioned it coming off of two straight losses. They're going to need this game again tonight. But, you know, Lowry had had one of those good games about a week ago, but then it seems like it was downhill again. Uh, this could just be a case of, of midseason fatigue because if you think about it for, from his perspective, he's kind of hitting the midway point, right? This is midway through his season, um, coming back at the start of December. This is midway point through his season. I'm thinking to myself... I need to see at least another strong game from him, finish up the season with maybe, I would say, three, four more strong games. If he can split, if he can split games where he has four more strong games out of the last eight, I would feel a little bit more comfortable and not just maybe have one. So if he can come out and dominate and and just command the ball tonight too, make yourself a presence and dominates and that's what I want to see no more no more Robin Lopez in the paint anymore like that's what I feel like this Bulls team has gone back to in the month of March I want to see Lowry marketing and I don't care if the Bulls are down 40 that shouldn't be an option anymore right we saw that on Saturday and it doesn't work even if you are going to Robin Lopez so tonight my key to the game is want to see Markin and try to dominate and get the ball to him as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, at this point, there really aren't any other options that make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I saw you uh, you were on SportsFeed uh, with, uh, with uh, Josh Ryman last night. Great job, by the way, talking about how with the absences of Otto and Zach, it's kind of like Boylan has shifted his offensive focus back towards just giving Robin Lopez a lot of post-up looks in the post and while that may be surprisingly efficient, and I mean they're eye-popping numbers about Robin Lopez's efficiency in the you know in the painted area, uh, in this stretch he's had in February and March, it's way less fun to watch basketball-wise, and it also I think we would agree is not the the end goal of what we want moving forward. Because, again, we don't even know if Robin Lopez, as many nice things as he said about enjoying being a leader on this team and a veteran on this team, and he wants to see this through, didn't ask for a buyout like a lot a lot of people thought he would. It's not like Robin Lopez's development is nowhere near the level of importance that, that Lowry Markkinen's is. So, you know. Well, you know, I, I I get your thing about the last eight games or so. We'd really like to see at least a handful of dominant performances from Market, and I'm with you at the same point. It's kind of like without Zach Levine and Otto, which are two of the pieces that create the space to allow Market to operate, I feel like we're going to be a little shortchanged for the remaining games that Market has because the Bulls don't have their full arsenal, and without their full arsenal, Markkanen's going to attract a lot of attention from their opponent's defense every night, and especially like coming into tonight's game, the Raptors recently have been pretty bad at controlling their opponents behind the perimeter, 
So you got to assume that they're going to put a focus on not giving Lowry Markinen too many open looks from behind the three-point line tonight. Yeah, that's another thing, too. You had mentioned it. Like, Otto Porter Jr. and Zach Levine being out tonight, that maybe is more so the focus than anything else. Like, regardless of what the box score says, just from watching the games, that's what I want to see for Markinen is, is more of the aggressive style like we saw in February. I don't care if he's missing the shots. I just want to see him getting good looks and being more aggressive commanding like you are an alpha, like you are the number one guy on this team out there without Levine and without Porter. Because if if you need those two guys on the floor to be successful, then that's that to me is saying a lot that, okay, you still need a lot of help that you can't just be the number one guy. And look, I know he's he's only in his second year, but I want to see glimpses of it right now in this short stretch, in these last eight games that there are periods and stretches of time that marketing can be out on the floor with nobodies and still take over in stretches of two, three, four minutes at a time. So if I can see little pockets like that in games, not only tonight, but in the next eight games to finish out this season, I'll be a little bit more satisfied and comfortable. And I get it. He's been in a slump in March. And so I'll take that into account and I'll take into account to the opponent that they're playing. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's fair to say that you want to see market and be more aggressive because that's something that we've talked about all season long. And we did see that stretch of February where he played really well and was like putting up 26 and 12 games on a nightly basis that he can be that kind of player yeah their schedule in that stretch was a little softer than the rest of the season and maybe that helped him be that dominant and be that aggressive uh, as opposed to saying on a nightly basis oh you know it's gonna it's gonna be tough for me to be you know to be putting up 30 points tonight but it's 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 so much about us trying to figure out Markinen and his personality and his level of aggressiveness on the court versus what he is being instructed to do by Jim Boylan and this coaching staff and trying to figure out where that line is. You know, is is it a problem with Markinen's aggressiveness or is it a problem of they are for whatever reason not making Markinen a focal point and is it you know is it his fault or is it his coach's fault that he the, he's had some games recently where he doesn't even take 10 shots and especially in a game with no Otto and no Zach Levine I mean you put those two together and that's like I don't know what 25 shots or so like modestly that that are up there and uh, and up for grabs that very well could be Markinen's so when it's Robert Lopez getting 20 shots and marketing getting 10. That's more like, all right, well, some of this has to be marketing's aggressiveness and his mindset coming into games and not being aggressive enough. The other thing that I would say, too, what are you looking at as far as the energy and the effort level tonight, too? I mean, that's something that we definitely have to, are going to have to monitor over these next eight games because that's been the platform Jim Boylan's kind of rested on, right, for his entire coaching career at least as as the Chicago Bulls head coach. Yeah, I mean, because we, we kind of talked about that yesterday, about how it just seemed like from the jump against uh, Utah on Saturday that this was like a game that the Bulls were going to lose and they were going to lose big, and there was a, a significant lack of energy, and that's one of the things that Boylan talked about recently when he said that, you know, he doesn't want to just shut guys down for the rest of the season. We know now that Wendell obviously... Chandler Hutchison not coming back. It seems like 
based on John Paxson's words that Otto Porter is leaning that way. And now, again, we have confirmation that he's not playing tonight. Zach's not playing tonight. Chris Dunn is doubtful tonight. Boylan wants to have a full, healthy roster because he wants to continue working on their competitive spirit and, you know, molding these young players. And, you know, Boylan's in a tough spot because if everybody's down and out and, you know, this shorthanded, depleted roster is looking around saying, like, all right, who's like, who's leading tonight? How are we going to score our points tonight? How are we going to slow down this very powerful Raptors team tonight? It's, it's like, you know, it's facing a gauntlet. At the same time, these are NBA players. Maybe try and have a little pride. As you said, Jordan, some of them are going to be, you know, trying to fight for their jobs. They're, you know, having a spot on any NBA roster, if not Chicago's, is on the line. And let's let's not forget that, you know, the Bulls have suffered some pretty embarrassing losses this season. There was the Celtics one that led to the near mutiny. There was the, the Warriors putting up 92 points in the first half on the Bulls court, including Clay Thompson setting the made threes in a game record. One of their other worst losses of the season came against these Toronto Raptors at home back in November, 122 to 83. That's a 40 point loss on your home floor, which I guess, you know, isn't a 50 plus point home loss uh, or loss on your home floor like the Celtics game was or surrendering nearly 100 points and a half. But outside of those other two games, Boston and Golden State, that loss to the Raptors Maybe right there with Sacramento is one of the most embarrassing losses of the season. And we have seen the Bulls respond. They got revenge on the Celtics for that game. They beat Boston. You know, we we saw Zach Levine have another one of his most dominant performances against Minnesota, the team that traded him earlier this season. We know that there is some fight and some level of pride to these guys. I wonder if... Knowing that the Raptors have been vulnerable on their home floor in this recent stretch of games, the Bulls, shorthanded as they are, actually go up there and say, you know what, we're not going to get blown off the floor tonight. We owe them. They crushed us at our house earlier this season. We haven't forgotten that. Let's try and give them a fight tonight. If we, if we, Even if we're not going to win this game, let's give them a fight. Even for those, the, it just goes back to the fringe players. You know, the, the guys that are looking to make the roster. You know, those guys shouldn't be shouldn't be the last guys back on defense and you shouldn't be letting guys get blown past. I can deal with guys missing defensive assignments. I can deal with guys getting beat because other players are better than them, just more skilled and you get beat on on plays like that. I can deal with that. That's fine. What I can't deal with is a guy misses a shot, he hangs his head and then you get beat on the other side of the ball because of you're thinking about a shot or you're not getting back because of the energy and the effort or because uh, you haven't do- knocked down a few shots and you're lurking up at the scoreboard and you're down 25. Like Those are the little things that I can't deal with. Like In watching a Bulls game, it makes me frustrated. So, the positive tonight, I hope that they come out with better energy and efforts than they did on Saturday night, and hopefully that they do. Uh, just looking at the Raptors, what they've done in the month of March... Kawhi Leonard being their leading scorer with 29.4 points per game, averaging 6.9 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 1.6 steals. He's shooting 53.3% from the field and 46.3% from three, Matt. Kawhi Leonard is destroying. My question to you, Matt, is who's guarding Kawhi Leonard tonight? I mean, it's it's got to be some combination <laughs> of Shaq Harrison 
And somebody else? Shakira said no, Kawhi Leonard. Honestly, laugh if you want, but Shaq Harrison is this team's most competent defender by a mile right now. I'm just thinking about size matchup, though. You know, size-wise? Oh, yeah. he Yeah, he's going to give up, what, like six inches or so to Kawhi? It's going to be real hard. But, like... You go back and look at this recent stretch of games when the the you know the Bulls have been missing all these bodies. Shaq Harrison's leading the team in minutes. Nobody you know has earned Jim Boylan's trust as a defensive stalwart more than Shaq Harrison is has. I you know you might see some moments where they they try and kind of uh, slow Kawhi down with Markkinen, but Markkinen, as much as he's made improvements with his perimeter defense he still has nowhere near the ability to keep up with Kawhi one-on-one when Kawhi's going to work as the primary ball handler. Like, Kawhi could cross marketing up easily. So, the Bulls don't have someone who is big enough and quick enough to stay in front of Kawhi Leonard right now, plain and simple. They don't have that person on their roster. Yeah, and another thing, another person that they're going to have to worry about is Pascal Siakam, who... You know, besides the defense, where he's just been absolutely dominant this year, his offensive game has been good, too. He's the second-leading scorer on this Raptors team, 19.7 points per game in the month of March. He's shooting 53.5% from the field, uh, 6.5 rebounds, 4.3 assists. So uh, he's a positive 8 in the plus-minus in the month of March. Uh, so somebody else to to... Obviously, they got Kyle Lowry. They've got Danny Green, um, and their recent addition in Marcus Saul at the trade deadline. So, um, having all of these guys, this Raptors team is a lot stronger than what we saw in December. So, it's going to be interesting. And I'm assuming if the Raptors build up a pretty, pretty sizable lead in this first half, that you'll see something similar to what Utah did against the Bulls on Saturday night, and sit most of these guys and let the bench kind of ride this out unless things get really weird. So, yeah, my goal tonight is to hopefully make sure that Kawhi Leonard doesn't drop 40 on the Bulls. Um, And I want to see Lowry Markin be more aggressive tonight. Just be the main guy out there and and act like you're the number one out there without Levine and without Porter tonight. So, if he can do that, regardless of what the box score says, if he only knocks down five, six, seven shots tonight, but he takes 20, I'm fine with that. I just want to see more aggressive play for Markkinen tonight. If I can see those two things, stop Kawhi from from draining 40 points and see Markkinen play well, the outcome is what it is. I'll be I'll be more than satisfied tonight. Yeah, um, and just because you mentioned him, you know, Jordan, I know a lot of Bulls fans have talked about Zach Levine maybe at least being a candidate for your most improved player this season. Um, it seems the front runner right now is... The guy you were just talking about, Pascal Siakam. Do you think Siakam wins that award? Do you think that Levine has not a shot, but in your eyes, any any deservingness of at least a couple of votes? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. I was thinking about this too. You know, if you think about last year, and he only played in what did he play in like twenty four games last season, so. I don't know what you have to qualify and what the voters qualify in in order to be a like a, a most improved player because they don't have comeback player of the year anymore or they renamed it to most improved player. Pascal Siaka makes sense. Most improved player. He went from being uh, end of the bench type of guy to now a one of the most dominant young in all of basketball. So 
makes sense why he would win the award. I know with Yusuf Nurkic going down with his injury last night, which was horrible to see, uh, he was also one of those players, too, being considered yeah. as most improved player. Look, if Zach Levine was a little bit better on defense all season long and this Bulls team wasn't totally dysfunctional, and maybe the Bulls were somewhere where we talked about at the beginning of the season around 30, 35 wins, and were young, healthy, and on track all season long, then I think we could really start to talk about Zach Levine being most improved player with the year that he did have. But I think everything that's surrounded this team, uh, regardless of what Zach Levine himself has done, I think that plays a factor in it too. To me, I think he definitely should just be in the conversation looking at his numbers. What I had mentioned to you yesterday, as far as being one of only four players under 25 years old to average 23-4-4 and shoot over 45%, I mean... should be in the conversation, right? I'm not saying he should win the award, but should at least be in the conversation. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that the conversation probably has, I don't know, somewhere between five and eight players in it. Um, and and Zach does deserve to be one of them. Yep. With the increase in scoring he's done, with the fact that, yes, his defense is still a work in progress. But as you noted uh, on Sportsfeed last night, first time in his career that he's actually been a net positive. Uh, in defensive box plus minus in addition to offensive box plus minus. Uh, but, you know, I think it is just the fact that it's a 21-win Bulls team. And Siakam, to me, is the leading candidate because he has made huge jumps on a team that is second in the East right now. I mean, you look, he averaged 7.3 points per game last season, 16.1 this season. So that's a bigger jump than even Levine made. Uh, he's he's gone from four and a half rebounds last year to seven this year, two to three assists last year to this year. And to me, the biggest part of Siakam is just how efficient he's being with his scoring and adding a three-point threat to his game. He was a 22% three-point shooter last year. Atrocious. Nobody needed to guard him. This year, he's shooting 35% from downtown. 35% is not anything crazy, but it's damn respectable compared to 22%. And then even in addition to that, he was a 62% free throw shooter last year. He's shooting nearly 80% from the free throw line this year. Like, you look across the board, Siakam's numbers have exploded, and he's doing it as a very important piece of one of the best teams in the East. Damn, that's true. Uh, other names that we should mention that will be a part of this conversation, D'Angelo Russell. I think he's got a really Absolutely. good case to be a most improved player of the year. Uh, he's just had an unbelievable season. Um, Derek Rose. De'Aaron Fox. Yes, De'Aaron Fox. Absolutely. Derek Rose, you know, unfortunate with the injury. He didn't get to, to finish this season. But I still think, think about where he was at the end of last year and the season that he did start off with the first two and a half months and then everything this season's been for him. I think he should be at least in the conversation. Same thing with Zach Levine. So I would consider Rose to be a part of this conversation. It's sad about the injury that he's dealt with and he's out for the season. Um, who else am I thinking of? Uh, Buddy Heald, too. De'Aaron Fox's teammate. I think he's in the conversation. What's up, Lockdown Bulls Nation? Matt here with a message from Wise. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. 
It has 1080p full HD picture quality. Images so clear, you won't miss a single thing. Also, a night vision feature and two-way audio. Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products accessible to everyone. You can check on your home anytime with Wise's app's live stream. Connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus. And that includes live streaming with an 8x digital zoom. The possibilities and uses for WiseCam are endless. Yes, it can serve as a great nanny cam for all of you parents out there. But what about bachelors like me? Sitting in the living room watching the game, you got dinner cooking on the stove, and you don't want to go back and forth between the living room and the kitchen 10 times during the game just to check on dinner. Put a WiseCam on your coffee table, bam, you can keep an eye on whatever's simmering on that stove of yours without having to bother to get up and go to and from the kitchen while the game is on. That's my kind of product right there, improving my quality of life as a sports fan. And for just $10 more, WiseCam Pan gives you 360-degree coverage in under three seconds. And here's the best part. Not only does it work with your mobile phone from anywhere, it also is compatible with Alexa. For all of you in-home smart speaker users out there like me, WiseCam compatible with Alexa. Boom. This product is amazing. Go to wise.com. That's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price on your WiseCam today. That's wise.com, W-Y-Z-E slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price. Life moves fast. Your in-home camera should too. Yeah, he went from 13 points per game last year to 20 this year. Uh, He upped his rebounds. He upped his assists, uh, upped his field goal percentage a little bit. Absolutely, he's he's a contender. As for Rose, I would say, were there still a comeback player of the year category? I mean, that's Derrick Rose. I wish they would bring that that award back. Bring it back. I think he he like he wins that award, and like it's 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 either Rose or it's Levine. Because I don't know, I, I know that Levine wasn't missing at the back end of last season because of injury, which maybe is more fitting to being a comeback candidate. But just the way that Levine's season last year was so, uh, you know, so truncated because fr- on the front end because of an ACL tear and what he's done this year, I think Levine and Rose would be the two leading candidates for comeback player. Um, but you know it's it's a shame that 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 award's not there anymore because I don't think Rose uh, realistically can can be you know getting most improved player votes when you look at some of the other candidates. A, a lot of people are talking Paul George too. Like obviously he's more of an MVP candidate at this point um, as as a late season MVP push. You know going up against Giannis and Harden, but his I mean his numbers uh, jumped significantly this year. I just like usually a most improved player slash MVP candidate. He like he's probably going to get some MVP votes. He's going to absolutely make one of the All NBA teams. Uh, maybe second, maybe even first. Um, but I, I think he's probably not going to get a lot of most improved votes because those votes are going for All NBA and maybe a few for MVP. Another name that I would throw out there as someone you know also receiving votes or honorable mention is John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks. No, that's a good one. As much as as much as people have talked about Trey Young and him being the main story in Atlanta this year, like 
John Collins has been Trey Young's sidekick all season long. It looks like a you know a very important piece of a pretty exciting young core that they're building. Uh, two others to mention, I would say Tobias Harris would be one, and Bogdanovich too from the Indiana Pacers, who's been absolutely lighting it up. Yep. So I mean, there's a lot of really good names this year to be in contention for most improved. We haven't player. even said Vucevic yeah, yet. I, that too. Like Nikola Vucevic just made his first All Star team this it's year. It's so hard to pick one guy. Everybody's had really good seasons. Like you think about last year, and then in comparison this year, you can fight for all of these guys and make really good cases. Like for Zach Levine too. The dude came off an ACL injury, and then he's doing this this season. Just. Uh, what, 18 months after an ACL tear, and he's averaging 23-4-4 in over 45%, that's crazy. Like, thinking about just coming off an ACL injury and to do it that quickly. Like, there's cases for all of these guys. I think it's just, to me, it just brings it back to you. The NBA is filled with a lot of talent outside of just all of the stars. You know, the secondary, the Tier 2, the Tier 3 talent in the league there's still a lot of really good players, I think, that go kind of under the radar. And that's what we're seeing when we're talking about most improved players and guys that are going from year-to-year progressions. Um, so that's going to be an award we should watch. But I think now that we're talking about it more fully, Zach Levine is definitely in this conversation. Absolutely. Not going to win, but deserves to be uh, someone mentioned and should probably deserve at least a few votes because the way that he just made everybody forget about the fact that he was, you know, barely a year removed from an ACL um, and the way that he's played this season, proving he can be a dominant scorer in this league uh, after what he went through last year. Huge, huge leap for Levine, and he does he he does deserve some credit for it. If you got any reaction to this, though, uh, we would love to hear from you. Three three one nine seven nine one three six nine is the place to hit us up. We're doing mailbag tomorrow, so drop your voicemails, get them in. You got twenty four hours to do that. We've already got some lined up. We've got some text messages as well to get to on tomorrow's episode. You got draft stuff. You got March Madness. Three three one nine seven nine one three six nine. You can always hit us up on Twitter at Jordan C Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked On Bulls. We're live on Dash Radio, streaming every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, ten a.m. Eastern, nine a.m. Central Time. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Enjoy Bulls and Raptors tonight. We we'll back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Locked on Bulls is live on Dash Radio every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. 